Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vaera. Whoa. What do we have in Parshas Vaera? We have the first seven of the ten makos that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings upon the Egyptians. From the get-go, let's get it very clear, and we'll see this again a little bit later on. The whole idea as to why. Why does Hashem bring the uh, makos upon the Egyptians? So the first reason is, well, because Hashem told this exactly to Avram Avinu. If you go back to Bereshis, chapter 15, verse 13, God says to Avram at the Brisbane Absorim, Yodoa Teidat. You shall know with absolute certainty this is going to happen. That your offspring, that your descendants are going to be one, strangers in a land which is not theirs. They're going to be enslaved. And finally, they're going to be oppressed physically. Okay? Now, and afterwards, afterwards, they will leave with great wealth, which we know every aspect of God's prophecy came true. And then, God continues and says to Avraham, also the nation that does this to the Jewish people, Don Anochi, I will judge, and Rashi tells you on the spot, Makos with ten plagues. So the first of these seven, first of the ten plagues, the first seven, appear in Parshas Vaera. But I'd like to focus and show that there is, as we can see from the very beginning of the Parsha, a transition going on. Let's take a look at the opening psukim. By Daber Elokim El Moshe, Hashem speaks to Moshe, Vayomer Elav, and he says to him, Ani Hashem, I am God. Wait a second. This seems to be exceedingly repetitive, having two names of God, and that is the point that we have to focus on. Vaydaber Elohim. Elohim is the name of God which denotes Teva, which denotes Din, justice. Hashem put a specific order in the world. There's a sunrise, there's a sunset. There is a natural order to the world which goes with Elohim, which is the Midas Hadin that of strict justice. Vayomre love, and Hashem says to him, Whoa, just know, Moshe, that in addition to my being Elohim, Ani Hashem, I am Hashem God, which denotes the Midas Rachamim, which denotes the Midas of kindness, mercy. Now, what we have here is a transition from Elohim to Ani Hashem. How so? Let's go to the next puzzle. God says, and I'll translate, and I appeared, Vaera, to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. With what name? With the name of Kael, 
Shakai, with the name of God who is, as the Ramban explains, Shakai Sheomar Leolamo Dai. What does that mean? Sheomar Leolamo Dai. I am the one, says Hashem, who have put boundaries into this world. You look at the ocean and it flows for 3,000 miles and then it comes to a stop. And as the waves keep coming in, the water stops at a certain point. It does not continue. Why is that? If God forbid it would continue 100 yards or a little bit more, it would come on, wash away the buildings. People couldn't live there. And the answer is, die. Sha Sheomar, who said, die, that the waters will stop here, and the waters stop there. Die is, there is boundaries. So I appear to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, says Hashem, with the name of Kel Shakai, where there is din and boundaries in this world, but Ushmi Hashem, my identity as Hashem, which is the God who breaks through boundaries, lo nodati lehem. This I did not make known to them. This I did not show them. And basically, what is being told to us in these first two psukim is that there is going to be, on behalf of the Jewish people, a breaking of the rules of nature, which are enveloped, encapsulated within Elohim, and the breaking out is going to be with the characteristic of Ani Hashem, which reminds me of the very powerful Beis HaLevi, who says on the Pasuk, in Parshas Vayigash, that Hashem said to Yaakov, Onochi ereid imchom mitzrayma, I'm going down with you in Egypt. Vionochi ha'alcha, and I will rise up with you, or Vionochi ha'alcha, I will be elevated, kam olo, and on this the, the Nitziv says so powerfully that Hashem gave a haftocha, a promise to Yaakov. Now listen carefully, everybody, because this is the introduction to the Makos. This is the introduction to Parshas Va'era. The Nitziv says that Hashem promised Yaakov, I will only break the rules of nature. I will only go beyond the natural law on behalf of saving the Jewish people. And that's, pinch yourself, exactly what's happening in this week's parsha. In order to, and here we go, the two aspects of the makos is, on the one hand, punitive for Mitzrayim, punishment for them, as God said to Avram, on the one hand it's punitive, but on the other hand it's educational for Yisrael. It shows Hashem's love for Klai Yisrael, that He's willing to bring water for Israel and dam for Mitzrayim, that the frogs will disturb only the 
Egyptians. And so it is with each of the plagues, Hashem showing His love for the Klai Yisrael. With this understanding, I'd like to remind all of us of a passage in the Haggadah Shal Pesach, which at first glance, like, what's going on here? Now watch. After we enumerate the ten makos that Hashem brought upon the Egyptians, we then go on to say that there were additional makos to these ten. That Rabbi Yossi says there were ten in Mitzrayim, but Al-Hayam there was fifty makos. Now, let's go on. Rabbi Eliezer is taught, how do I know that each makos that HaKadosh Baruch who brought upon the Egyptians was had within it four makos. It consisted, each one consisted of four plagues. And he cites the verse from Tilim 78, 49. Take a look. And the question is, how to understand the verse? Yeshalach bum charon apo, evra, zam, tzora, and mishlachas malachi ro'im which translates as he sent upon his fierce anger, wrath, fury, trouble, and a team of hostile angels. So according to Rabbi Eliezer, each plague had four additional components to it, four plagues. And Rabbi Kiva says, I'll top you. And he quotes that same pasuk, Tehillim 78-49, and he begins with understanding the words that Yeshalach bam, Charon Apo, Charon Apo, meaning that that is not as a result of his fierce anger, but he sent fierce anger. So according to Rabbi Akiva, he counts five plagues within each plague. Now what might be the significance and difference of opinion between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Akiva? And the answer might be as found in the commentary of the Haggadah Pesach, entitled Yad Mitzrayim, and there's a Perush Yad Chazoka of Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac Chover, who says very sharply as follows, that Rabbi Eliezer says that each Makot had four Arba Makos. Each one had four. Why? Because there are four letters to the name of Hashem, Yudke Vavke, that the Makos were primarily mercy, primarily to save Klai Yisrael, primarily for the benefit of the Jewish people. And therefore, as Hashem's name of mercy is consistent of four letters, so too the Makos had four Makos within each one. Rabbi Akiva says, no, my friend, it's not the name of Hashem, of Yudke Vavke, that is paramount in the Makos, but rather it's the name of Elohim, of Din. The God was showing his might and power and breaking through and bringing a polar bear into Egypt. The, the climate of Egypt does not tolerate the Orov, the wild animals that we had. So according to Chazal, Hashem didn't only bring the polar bear, but he had to bring within Egypt 
the environment of Antarctica, the environment of the extreme cold, in order that the polar bear should feel comfortable in the environment. He had to bring the forest for the regular bear. Incredible what's going on here. And all this is done for the purpose of punishing the Hashem is breaking through the laws of nature for the purpose of Dan Mitzrayim, the purpose of bringing din upon the Egyptians. And as a result, the Bnei Yisrael were saved. So the question is, is the, are the ten makos a focus on Midas HaRachamim or a focus on the Midas HaDin? Now, I don't have to tell you, there's no question about it. When Hashem created the world, what do we find? Horatius Baro Elukim, the very first uh, verse of the Torah. And what pronoun, what name of Hashem is used in that very first verse? The name of Elukim. And Rashi says that Hashem wanted to create this world only with the name of Elukim. But Ra'ah, Hashem saw that the world could not exist with only din. So what does Hashem do? In the beginning of chapter 2, Biomasos Hashem Elokim, Hashem brings the Midah of Rachamin and Shitfa. He made a Shutfas. Biomasos Hashem Elokim. He added to the Midas Hadin, the Midas HaRachamin. And therefore, just as Hashem employs both Midos, Shema Yisrael Hashem, which is the Mido of Rachamim, Elokeinu, which is the Mido of Din, Hashem Echad. Both, when the Hashem does both, it is all Hashem Echad. It is all Hashem's kindness, all Hashem's goodness. We don't always see it that way, but that's what we are affirming each and every time that we recite the Shema. The important lesson that emerges from Parshas for Eira is Hashem is the master of combining Midas Hadin and Midas Harachamim. Very quickly, your child gets their license. Two weeks later, they come and say, Abba, Ima, please, can I have the keys for the, at night, first time? So they look at each other, the parents, and they say, be home by 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock comes, the child is not home. 10.20, the child comes in. Okay, plan A. Parent says, do you know what time it is? Do you know what time I told you to get home? You cannot have the car. There goes. Midas Adin. After all, 10 o'clock is 10 o'clock. Child wasn't home. Plan B. Child walks in, the parent gives the child a hug and says, Oh, I'm so happy to see you. I'm so glad you're okay. Next time, please call if you're not going to be home on time. Very simple. That's called Midas Horachamim. I can't tell you always which one to use, but I can only tell you that there are 13 Midas Horachamim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The idea is that we have to basically learn how to integrate the two how to have both din within our lives. There have to be certain rules. There have to be certain standards. There certainly be certain lines. We certainly cannot be crossed. 
but at the same time, we have to have this element of rachamim in the din. That's what it is when we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. Hashem Kavayochol changes from his kisei of din to the kisei of rachamim. We have to be to bidrachov, and therefore, in our personal lives as well, we have to have this combination of chesed and din. Okay? And that is, whether it's in the workplace, that the employer sets rules and expects productivity from his employees. This is din, but he must also show kindness and appreciation to his employees, giving them encouragement and support. This is chesed. And what's true in the area of the workplace is true in friendship. We have to involve chesed and din. We have to be loving, kind, and generous. But sometimes we have to say no to a friend who needs to know some limits. And so it is in marriage as well. If you take a look at the Ovos, clearly Avram was chesed and Sarah was din. Yitzchak was din and Rivka was chesed. And we, you, each one, have to work towards implementing within the marriage. The chesed of marriage requires being gentle, loving towards one's spouse, and interpreting their behavior as stemming from good intentions, but din is also a necessary aspect of marriage. Each spouse has halachic responsibilities, including financial as well as domestic obligations. It's a parsha whereby we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is providing both chesed and din, and we, as following the 611th mitzvah of Olach Tobidrachov, we too have to do the same. Hatzlacha Rabbah in this most difficult challenge. Shabbat Shalom to all.